0: Bring value, 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 value. Don't try to sell them. Realize that the less you try to sell, the bigger your database is going to be. Write that one down. The less you try to sell, the bigger your database will be. Why do you think you guys are here today? If I was charging for coaching, we would not be here. None of you guys would know who I was. The less you sell, the larger your database is, which means what? The larger your database is, the larger your income is. The larger your database is, the larger your personal brand is. Know this? Introducing the original Blood Cloud Podcast. Soothing Semantic. Special dedication all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah, man. S-double-O-T Semantic. Yeah, man. Boom! Soothing Semantic.
1: It is time, ladies and gentlemen. Today's podcast episode of Soothing Semantics is sponsored in part by Time for Luxury. You can check out their website at timeforluxury.com. It is an incredible luxury watch company. They will make sure to always find the watch you're looking for. Some of the brands include Rolex, AP, Patek Philippe, Ublo, Cartier, and Richard Mill, among many others. Today, we have two watches for sale, two Rolexes, and we're gonna showcase them. The Rolex Milgauss is in mint, pristine condition. Hopefully, you can see what we're working with over here. Okay. very. Very, very nice watch. Nice green face. I'm gonna place this down real quick. Make sure I place it down nice and easy. I'm gonna show a fancy Rolex watch. The Submariner black face mint pristine condition, as you can see here. Okay, this is also available for sale. Make sure to check out the website. And that is all folks. Welcome to another episode of Soothing Semantics. I am your host, Rafi Pinsky. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, check out uh, my content, my Instagram at Rafi the Realtor. I'm on Facebook as well, uh, so feel free to reach out. We have a very, very big guest today, Ricky Carruth. Ricky Carruth is a real estate coach. Um, I've started following you only recently brother, Uh, from a very close friend of mine, Itamar, good friend of mine from New York. He's a realtor as well. So he said, hey, man, you got to have Ricky on the episode. So I went and checked your social media. Then I started binging your YouTube videos, uh, recently read your books. So that is awesome. Uh, List to last and zero to diamond. So ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, Ricky is a real estate coach. He's with, uh, you're with EXP, correct? Yeah. And everybody's trying to promote, exp these days <laughs> you know with all the stock and everything yeah so, yeah so aside from uh aside from the real estate coaching and real estate itself uh what else would you say other certain other things that you're working on that you're
0: doing well i um you know really i don't know i don't know how to classify myself it's like i've been a real estate agent for. I'm still selling properties. That's kind of my day job, right? And then I have all these little side hustles. Um, So I got into writing books and speaking, everything like that. And, um, you know, I just kind of just, it morphed into all these other opportunities because all the connections I made. Um, So, you know, when I started coaching, my thought was, you know, how can I help the most people, right? And then it morphed into, okay, well, the way that you help the most people is by teaching every single person or as many agents as you possibly can, everything you know for free. Because when I realized like the game of coaching of the thousand dollars a month or for a course or whatever they're charging for, when I realized that everything on the backside of that paywall is really the same information you get for free, just about anywhere else. And for the most part, it's really bad information. Right, it really kind of um, the mainstream coaching platforms out there really, and and honestly, I don't even think the coaches are doing it with these intentions, right? But what they're teaching agents is really kind of killing their business. There's a lot of success stories out there, sure, and everything works, but I think at the end of the day, I don't see. I'm seeing it a little bit more and more, but I don't see a lot of coaches preaching the relationship aspect of the business, they're more so how to handle objections, close deals, um, you know, and turn things around into your favor when really you should be listening to your clients and trying to figure out what you can do to help them in their best interest, not your own. And that's how you build a really big business, right? That's how you, you know, by actually um, going the opposite direction from a closing a lot of times um, it actually puts you in a position to close a lot more deals because then you gain their trust and now they're doing multiple deals and referring multiple clients to you who do multiple deals. So I don't know, this is just, I didn't get any of the stuff that I talk about out of books and stuff. It's kind of just, uh, you know, what I've molded myself into from all the experiences and stuff over the last couple of decades. And then when I got into coaching, um, uh, you know, my intentions weren't. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of people um, pushing EXP and stuff. But if you notice, my channels aren't pushing EXP. Um, and because, that, you know, it's a real polarizing company for really, I guess, good reason, because of the people that try to recruit others that are not that great at it or pester people with it. And then they get a bad taste in their mouth and then kind of close themselves up to the idea of what it really is, which is. A breath of fresh air in the industry right it's one of the it is the greatest single you know company that has come along and that's why they're like quietly, they quietly started taking over now it's pretty evident they're on their way to complete domination um but um you don't see any of that on my channels because i've got a much bigger purpose that's not what i'm here to do um, that's just a side project that I didn't know I was going to get into until I realized that I didn't want to be at Remax anymore. I thought I'd be re- with Remax forever. So long story short, through building my brand of free coaching has created all these different opportunities um, to build other businesses, right? So I'm getting into mortgages, which is a massive, 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 like I didn't realize how, I knew that there was something there, but I didn't realize the magnitude of it and well, I, I knew the magnitude of it. I just figured there was so much work that went into getting yourself a position to um, capitalize, right? And so through the connections I've made, we've created a very simple path to capitalize off the mortgage industry. And it's going to be, that's the most, that that that's the thing I'm the most excited about um, is that venture. Um, so you're starting but, your own mortgage company, essentially? No, no. We JV'd with uh, one of the largest mortgage companies in the country, right? So we we formed a partnership with one of the largest mortgage companies out there. We're still, uh, the deal is done. We're still putting together all the finer details, but the deal is done. Um, And so, you know, I guess I can't say a lot about it because it's not, you know, we haven't necessarily launched, but it's going to be massive, right? So we Basically, we, 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 we've created a scenario where, you know, like we see more than half of the mortgage business being referred by agents out there. And the agents get nothing for it. Nothing. They don't get money. They don't get referrals. Like lenders are scared to refer business to a to an agent because, you know, they're scared that all the, the other eight agents that refer the business will get mad. So they don't refer any business because they don't want anybody to get upset with them. You have to um, refer to
1: somebody. What happens if someone says, Hey, Mr. Mortgage guy, I need, I need a realtor. Where do I go? I mean, they're probably
0: going to. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know that mortgage guys get a whole lot of that. I, I'm not sure. Right. I, I don't know. They're not giving them to me
1: and I, I don't know any other
0: agents that are getting like leads from a okay, mortgage so, guy.
1: So how does this partnership benefit you and how does it benefit the
0: mortgage company? Well, um and and again we're still like i don't know that i'm there yet to where i can evolve right but it's going to be a very lucrative for agents it'll be very lucrative for everybody involved right it'll turn it'll turn the, we looked at it and we saw okay um you know agents are giving out giving out most of the business They're really not getting anything for it what can we do to to create a scenario where the agents actually win in that scenario and give us all the business, right? Because if we could figure that out, then we could more than likely have one of, if not the largest mortgage brokerage, mortgage company in the, in the country. Um, and so that's what we're in the middle of doing. Like this has been about a year in the making from the first conversations. And like I say, this is the thing that I'm most excited about. So, um, you know, around the first of the year we'll be, Pretty pretty much in launch mode, Um, but we we already have you know we already have billions of dollars worth of loans um, lined up. Um, It's it's a massive situation. Like I say, it's just so you know opportunities like this come out of you know people. You know they're like oh free coaching, free coaching, you know and they don't realize like, especially the paid coaches are not really understanding. I don't, I, don't, I don't see them really understanding like what I'm doing and kind of what the direction of, um, you know, this new world that we're in, uh, you know, where, whereas, you know, they're looking at their coaching business and I'm looking at, you know, multiple, multiple businesses, different industries, and all kinds of things that could spin out that's kind of like being a real estate agent you know you get out there you work 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 you get a listing and then you close the deal then you work 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 to get another listing you close the deal then you work 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 and you continue on this cycle of working 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 right and there's so many businesses and opportunities out there whereas you do a one-time deal and you get paid forever you know um there's so many businesses like that and so yeah you have to Sell properties, you know, to pay your bills, um, you know now. But you should be working on um, some businesses that you make a one-time sale and get paid forever. And so well, that's
1: truthfully what I'm trying to do
0: with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Aside from the
1: fact that I, aside from the fact that I actually love doing it, I'm trying to set up a YouTube channel, which will hopefully, you know, through different through ads, affiliate links, all these different, you know, uh, methods can hopefully get paid, can sign agreements for a year, for two years with companies to, um, you know, to do that. So that's part of my, you know, that's a side project for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know that when you when you get the affiliate money, get the sponsorship money, you know, hey, that's just going to pay the bills really, right? Where you're going to find that big money is, you know, um, that's like me with the free coaching. Like I make, I make, you know, enough money to pay the bills off of affiliates and sponsorships and all the stuff you're talking about right so i get paid in that fashion from the free coaching business um but then where the big money is is where you find all these spin-off businesses from the connections you make for building that personal brand right and then so like you make the connections through the personal brand and then you turn around And through the following that you build. So, so it's a dual purpose. It's like you're finding, you're making connections through building this brand and people finding you on your podcast. And then, and then, you you know, you turn around and you see these huge opportunities, um, you know, within these connections that you've made, and then you turn around with these, this great opportunity and a following of people, right. That love you, that you brought so much value to that would love to do business with you in this new venture, you know, with whatever it may be. Um, you know, Gary B, you know, he is the master of this. Right? He's like he's like the don, man. He's like the godfather of this. Um just building up, you know, uh, an audience, bringing so much value that people are just dying to do business with him or be around him or invest in him or whatever. And now, boom, he comes out with a business or some kind of idea and bam, you know, he, he, you know, sells his book, you know, by thousands, you know, and, um, you know, NFT projects and, you know, business ventures. And he just has so much clout because of how much people love him to death because of all the value that that he brought. He's able to spin off so many businesses through connections he made on social, you know, and then leverage the, the following. So that's the way of the future, man, you know, is, is doing that, you know, maybe some of these paid coaches just want to stay in their lane just be a paid coach forever. They don't really care to have a big following or, you know, make a huge dent in, in an industry or, um, you know, divulge into different businesses and, you know, do different things. I don't know. It's kind of like, like I said, going back to being a real estate agent, some people just, they're happy just being an agent you know, and they'll just be an agent to the day they die. That's great. You know, that's, that's, you know, it's whatever makes you happy. You know, Um, I'm not built like that. You know, I mean, you know, it was like roofing, real estate, you know, coaching. And now it's like, I'm wanting to take coaching to another level. We're about to start, I'm about to start certifying coaches under me to do one-on-one coaching for free uh, with agents. You know, there's always another level, right? You always got to be kind of trying to be more, you know, I mean, I feel like I'm trying to innovate new ways to bring value to agents, right? And I mean, you know, if I've got, I feel like if I would have been into a more general niche, I would have millions of followers, like millions right? Whereas I have hundreds of thousands instead of millions. And I'm okay with that, right? Because, you know, the real estate agent niche, like my, my following is like so concentrated in real estate agents. It's not like general people, you know, and um, I don't know, I feel like my hundred thousand followers is, you know, as valuable, let's not say more. Let's just say as valuable, maybe more valuable than someone else's a million followers. You know, that's more general followers. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like okay, you look. You at said hundred
1: thousand. I mean, um, you have definitely you have over two hundred thousand. So you're just giving. Well,
0: me. I mean, I've got seventy five thousand on YouTube. You know, let's just say people who actually
1: 70, like, 79, 79, Ricky. Um, whatever it is, is right? What,
0: whatever <laughs> it is, it's it's basically. You know, when I say 100,000, I, I feel like that's probably what I have as far as like engaged fans. You know what I mean? Um, between all platforms, you know? I don't know. But it, it's like this. You look at a Grant Cardone. You know, super polarizing guy. Some people love him to death. Some people hate him. And, um, you know, I I love his hustle. I'm not a big fan of his sales strategies right uh well, too well he's kind pressure. of been
1: he kind of took took a lot of heat with um, Jordan Belfort's videos i don't know if you saw any of those
0: oh my gosh man that was disaster. that was a complete disaster for him that was a complete this like like you know some people say he can be kind of a bully grant right and so you know when he's talking to someone he can be a little bit overbearing and aggressive and more of a bully type um, role I feel like you know Jordan was kind of like the Grant Cardone to him to, he was like he like Grant Cardone Grant yeah um it was it was pretty bad that was pretty bad um I mean it, it comes back to me when I watch that and think about the history of the whole thing is like what did he ever sell you know um but that's neither here nor there. The guy's super successful, and, and that's why that's why I brought this up is because that's what I say. Like, by the way,
1: that's the that's what I say. Everyone hates on him, and you maybe isn't the best salesman according well, to strategies a lot of, or whatever. There's
0: there's what a you, lot of people that love him, though. I mean, right. there's people that hate on him, and that's what we tend to remember. But there's a lot of people that love him. That's what you don't. Sure. That's what a lot of people don't realize, especially the haters, is the people that love him. You know, like I have admiration towards him, even though I don't agree with his sales. Strategies, um, you know, and and kind of the way he does stuff, you got to get you got to take your hat off to him because of what he's accomplished up to this point, and kind of what he's built, he made something out of nothing, and now he's got an empire and uh, he continues to build and, and 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 work. But what I'm saying is, it's like, okay, maybe I could get like that, right? And I could build this, and I could have a bunch of people hate me, and um. You know, I could, you know, build my name up to a point and like he raised $60 million. He claims he raised $60 million, $1,000 at a time, just from every ordinary, everyday ordinary people, $60 million to fund his, his latest project, his latest apartment complex project. Um, you know, I mean, that's pretty massive of, a, of that's, that's massive. That is super massive. Um. And so it's like, you know, I know that I could, I could dive into different sectors and different things and different industries and different, you know, subjects and stuff like that. But I don't know. A lot of people say you're beating a dead horse with real estate agents. I see a billion dollars right here. I mean, I see billions sitting right here in the real estate agent niche. Um, You know, so I'm just going to keep my eyes on the prize and just continue helping agents, continue trying to build my name there in the industry, trying to innovate ways to help agents even more and more and more, you know? Um, And then the more and more businesses and platforms I build, right? On the back of this real estate agent niche, right? The more ways people uh, will have to do business with me that, you know, that love the way that I do business and handle myself. All I can do is be myself. you know, and if, and if like being myself is too nice of a guy, and if I was a little bit more, if I was a little different, a little more aggressive, let's say, and, you know, that would get me to where I want to be quicker in terms of success. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think people, some people are scared to be their self. I think that I'm just being myself and everybody has a different journey in a different uh, path. So I believe that I'll get where Grant, see Grant is what, 52? Uh,
1: he's over 60 already.
0: Is he? Yeah, is he I, think so, I think he's
1: 62. He's over 60.
0: Okay, okay, I knew he was a two something, it's two. So, so 62, okay, so that's 20 okay. years, okay? Will I be further along than where Grant is at when I'm 62? I would say without a doubt, World, I would be light years ahead of where he was. However, it's a different time; technology's further along.
1: You're saying monetarily because that's a big jump. He's he's already will, worth a billion and a half, supposedly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In 20 years, there's no doubt. Wow. There's no doubt, and a lot of that wealth. I mean, you break that down. I don't know. You know, I don't know. He has two something billion worth of apartments. I guess he raised a half a billion to buy it all, and then he owns the other right i guess that's how that works i don't know No idea. but at the end of the day absolutely 20 years a billion and a half sure yeah you have a
1: lot of time but he's also very
0: but he's more so than that more so than that though for me it's about okay how many people love
1: me probably more than he probably more than him because you come off a lot more easygoing you're more um You're less flashy, you're not driving around in a Rolls, going,
0: hey, look at my jet.
1: You're just more like relationships over transactions. You have a very down-to-earth mentality, which which actually I liked a lot. Because a a part of me really likes the, and you don't seem like you're soft either. You seem like you're very bullish and you're going to get shit done. But at the same time, you have a relaxed demeanor where you agree to give me the time and I don't have any notoriety, you know. Uh, where a lot of other people would be like, "Hey, you know, I don't have time. I'm too busy. You got to pay me ten thousand dollars an hour." Blah blah blah. Uh, which I which I get also. But you made you make that time. And uh, I mean, all of my no no other guest has ever charged me to come on, even if they had some notoriety. It's all, always been free. Uh, but some people are difficult. I had the, this this other guy. I've been trying to get on. He uh, he just said I don't have time right now. And I said, "Oh, if I was Joe Rogan, you'd probably agree." He's like, "Oh, okay. Well, if we're going that route." Then uh, it'll be ten thousand for the hour. I said, okay, we're we'll we'll uh, we'll touch base. I'm definitely not doing that,
0: right?
1: Um, you know what I mean. So at the end of the day, I I realize also with podcasting and numbers, the reality is the more notoriety and fame you have, the easier it is to get bigger name people. It's just you know there's partially yeah. ego involved, but it's also mm-hmm. for them time spent. If they if they see you have a small channel, they might not be wanting to give the time. You know, for me ultimately. Thank God I've been able to get a lot of very, very cool people. I'm having a lot more on very soon. Um, for me, it's the consistency. I think when people who have a much bigger name than me see that I've never missed an episode since I started. And I'm really just trying to move it along and grow it, even though it's early. I think that's where I've been able to get the people I've been able to get to a large degree. Anyhow, you know, I think for you, you just gave me the time and I appreciate that. I don't know if there was any real thought involved. Like what no. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, I pretty much try to say yes to as much things as many things as I can.
1: How do you um, have the time though? That's what that's what's crazy. How do you find the time?
0: Well, I have a schedule book, right? So right, right here, just write it in there, and then that's that. Yeah, but how is it not completely full? Well, it is. You no, know, I never get everything done. Um, you know, and that's probably a downfall. Like right now, I need to be really focusing on. I've got my mortgage test coming up. I need to study for. I've got. Um, the new 60-day challenge that I'm working on that I want to release in December, and I would like to, like for it all to be done December 1st. That way I can kind of tweak it for a couple of weeks before it goes live. You know, so I really need to be, I'm really, I should clear my whole calendar and just be nothing but working on those two things, you know. But I made a huge mistake, and I put a post out last week, and I said, DM me if you want me to do a Zoom call with your team or entire office. And I literally booked like 25 Zoom calls with teens and offices all over the place. Um, so like <laughs> kind of scattered out over the next three weeks and stuff. So and it's up of, a
1: lot of your time. But listen, hopefully it's going to there's so much to gain from that. I mean, it's a lot of I think a lot of people wouldn't do that. But the reality is, hopefully it can bring you a lot of referrals. You're building your brand. You're building your Instagram. You're probably more people are going to buy your books. I mean, you're just getting you're getting
0: yourself out there. Yeah. That's, that's, like, true, that's yeah. like I do the, the events, right? So we did like seven or so events uh, this year, um, Zero to Diamond Tour, and they were all free for agents. And I paid, some of these, I paid like five or ten thousand out of my pocket to do. Um, so we're doing four next year. And, um, you know, those events are free. Um, that doesn't mean that if I don't bring in a big speaker like Gary Vee or something that I won't charge, but as long as it's, you know, Low speakers and low costs, and you know it doesn't get crazy. I'm going to keep it free, even if I'm losing money, right? How much is he going to charge? How much do you think Gary V would charge? I think he charges a hundred grand, something like that. Hundred fifty. You know, he.
1: Speaking of Gary V, because you mentioned his brand, yeah, he is a. I like you said the Don. I mean, he took it took him years to get to to get to even the foundational level he is now. He didn't just throw it out on the internet and he popped off and everything became he took for years and years and years nobody knew who he was. He says this all the time and I and he shows me older videos and everything. I mean so that's what really motivates me. It's like even nowadays people tend to get big faster, but I'm not looking at it like I'm not looking at it like that. Like I can start having between you and I, I can start having you know, these half naked women on my episodes and people would probably click on them, click on them faster, but I'm not going to cheapen my brand and just do something. That's not, that's not the kind of episode I want to do. That's just not the kind of channel I want to be having. So if it means that it's going to take me two years more to actually build a larger following and not do those kind that kind of content, I know without a question where I'm going, you know, Mm. um, it's just not what I'm going to do. I'm willing to sacrifice that. It's you know a lot of people. I think they'll do whatever it takes to grow a big following as fast as possible. And I think that totally. Gary Vee says this all the time. He said it's just you got to play the long game. Talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ties into relationships over transactions. When I watched that video that you posted about uh, Tom Ferry's assistant or whoever he was, some guy who works for the company,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he they were he was just saying. Forget about relationships, just focus on whoever's ready to go right away and get the deal done. It was just this very sharky, cutthroat, just don't give two shits about the client. They don't care about you, yada, yada, yada.
0: Hello, welcome to Mike Ferry TV. I'm Ron Cronin. Some real estate agents spend a huge amount of time building relationships with prospects. They get to know them, become friends, share recipes, play golf, and in short they do everything but sell. The problem is that building a relationship takes a long time and produces highly uncertain results. There is no guarantee that the buddy you've built and cultivated will ever list his or her home for sale, or list with you. Relationship building is a nice way to make friends, but you've come to the real estate industry to make a living. So let's move away from the concept of building a relationship. And instead, let's turn our attention to the concept of pre-qualifying.
1: Right. And then you gave your two cents on that. And I said, I don't even, I, I just don't understand how they've built such a large following as coaches. And I'm not saying that they don't know what they're talking about at all, but they really have never sold real estate. I mean, I don't know if, how well yeah. Mike has done it, but it's just crazy to me that they're very, both of them are very charismatic. But in general, the idea that you shouldn't focus on on actually having people trust you and want to do business with you, I think is crazy. Because in the few transactions I've done, I haven't been in real estate for very long. My clients have been very happy. And I know that they're going to refer me. Like, there's no question. I just, and I enjoy, I love that rapport. I just, I really enjoy it. It feels amazing. Mm
0: -hmm. The check
1: is great. But to actually have somebody that really loves that, that you they love the business you did and they, they like you and respect you as a person. That, it's You can't, yeah, you can't trade that for
0: anything. Oh yeah, man. I mean, see that that's a thing. Like for me, this is the path of the least resistance, you know, like going with the flow, with the client, helping them do what they want to do, you know, listening to them, you know, seeing what they want to do and helping them do it on their time, right. On their, on their timeline. Um, you know, um, And kind of like leaving it in their world instead of trying to bring them into your world and say, okay, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to close the deal now. And this is why. Um, I don't know. I just, and again, there's people that are successful, you know, with doing it that way. Um, I just feel like the percentage of people who have the personality that can close deals like that are so far and few between. It's so little of a percentage of people, whereas the masses can take what I'm doing, which is actually listening to someone and helping them and treating them like family, right? And actually building, I I don't know, Um, I'm kind of biased, but I feel like you can build a much larger business, you know, doing it like that because you acquire so many and accumulate so many relationships, meaningful relationships, right? And that's the number one reason why people choose an agent. You know, they're friends. Right. It's like and two, when you look at discount brokers and, you know, all the fears of, you know, something taking over the industry, relationships are going to win. You know, uh, this stuff is just not going to go to zero. Commissions just aren't going to go to zero. There's going to be there's going to be a number there and people are going to choose who they feel most comfortable with. So it's like when you have a lender. Right. And you're an agent, you refer your business to a lender. And that lender just does amazing, just bang up job, you know, and you're just like couldn't be more happy. You're not gonna risk the next deal uh with a client trying out another lender, right? Hundred you know, percent to see if this lender works. When you know over here, this lender that you've been working with is just amazing, they're gonna get the job done. It's too scary. Same thing for clients with an agent. Once they know the agent that does such an incredible job, they're gonna be scared to try to do another transaction, to see if another agent can do the same thing. So once mm-hmm. you've created these bonds and they've given you an opportunity, you know, and you show them and, you, and you, everything goes smooth for them, it's going to be hard for them to use a different agent, you know, and they're going to be comfortable referring other, other people to you as well. You know, the power of those deep relationships really taking care of people really kind of locks in a lot of business for you, you know? Without a doubt. Well, Ricky, that's why I'm
1: saying. I know you're trying to move to Florida, but the clients in Florida already—they already like me, Ricky. So if you're trying to come in and and grab my business, they're going to be like, "Listen, Ricky, you're great. We know you're a killer in Alabama, but we listen. Rafi's got it down here, man."
0: Well, I already have my Florida (laughs) license, and uh, I already have my Florida license, and I do about 10, 15 deals in Florida every year
1: um you know I'm i thought really you were on. gonna i thought you were gonna appreciate my joke i guess not <laughs> <laughs> so be it.
0: well you know like uh when i do speeches in florida i always kind of joke around with the audience and say hey you know, i have my Florida license you know i'm in miami orlando or wherever and i'll say you know hey i can move down here right now and just start just gobbling up all the deals <laughs> yeah, Everybody, dude, I I would everybody's listen. face just go white for a second it would be like, an honor years.
1: man i for me honestly man i would say at the end of the day like you've said there's plenty of business for everybody. If you're going to go and swallow everything up, I just want to work with you. I would want to co-list something with you. If I had a big transaction, even if it wasn't a big transaction, I would love to co-list it with you and see how you do it. Um, that's it. So to me, it would be an honor, man, if you joined the uh, join the South Florida space. Uh, what this? Is, so there's a couple of things that we, just to backtrack a little, I had a couple of, of questions, several um well first of all I wanted to ask this in the beginning you were initially doing roofing right you said your father was a roofer mm. right so how did you initially go from roofing to real estate and you and you I've already heard you mention this but I for the, everyone listening how did you get into real estate in the first place
0: well I went to college and I failed a history class and um I kind of dropped out and just said I'm going to get my real estate license for fun I wasn't even like committed to doing real estate and then um, I passed the class and then I didn't really know if I wanted to do it or not. So I didn't take the test initially. And then I came back home from Tuscaloosa and just started roofing houses, you know, again. And after about a week or so of that, I was like, all right, this is not not working for me. I'm going to go take the real estate test and see what I can do there. So that's kind of how it all happened. And then um, I quit roofing the day I got my license, you know, thought that that was it. I was going to start making millions. And after 30 days, I didn't sell anything. I had to go back to roofing. Um, and now I'm doing, you know, real estate on the side. You know, and that, that's kind of what took me eight months. It took me eight months to close my first deal. And that's because I was roofing houses for mind of really seven, seven to five or six every day. Um, I had to kind of try to do real estate on the side. You know, when it rained, you can't really, you can't roof houses in the rain. So like rainy days, I would try to do real estate. And then, um, you know, on the weekends when we weren't working, you know, I would try to do some real estate and stuff, but it was a slow go, you know. And, but I saw all these other agents crushing it, you know. And I was just like, if they can do it, you know, I can do it. There's no doubt. So I just hung in there, man, like a rusty fish hook. I just didn't give up. And that's really been, you know, the reason for everything, right? It's just not giving up. You know? well, real quick, real quick. You said,
1: you said you were, you started doing it, and then I'm I'm forgetting exactly what kind of the the uh, series of events was. You started, then you said you made like a million, and then you stopped. Like, what exactly happened?
0: So once I made, sold my first property, you know, after eight months, then I started closing two a month, two a month, two a month. Well, then the market exploded. You know that was 2002 when I got into business. 2003, 2004, and so 2003 and four was the year that everything like doubled. Like prices literally doubled overnight. Like within like a year and a half to two years, everything had doubled. It just exploded, and because of that explosion, I made a lot of money. I was just kind of in the right place at the right time. Um, however, I didn't realize that this was a cycle and I needed to prepare and kind of get ready to take advantage of the downturn, right? I just kind of like, in my mind, it was just going to always explode forever and, uh, prices were never going to go down. So, you know, things went down 50%, you know? And so, yeah, when the market crashed, I had invested a lot of money into properties to flip and, you know, bought a bunch of different things and just got myself in a bind, a lot of debt, couldn't resell the properties. It was just a bad, you know, put myself in a bad situation. Really similar to what what Zillow just went through, right? They bought a lot of stuff, um, knowing now they now what they did now. Now what they did was smarter than what I did. They stopped buying before things started coming down. You know, they're going to take their loss, which would have been a much larger loss if they would have kept going. They would have mm-hmm. put themselves in such a bind, which is what I did. You know, like, I wasn't as smart as what Zilla just did. They stopped and I kept going all the way up to the crash and then thought that it was going to recover quickly and it didn't. So it took me out and uh, I went back to roofing. I was bankrupt. I was actually sleeping on friends' couches, slept in horrible shit,
1: man. So you, you went
0: from having a ton of, you were a millionaire at that point, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at 23, yeah. I was a millionaire. By 25, I was sleeping on. People's couches, eating out of people's refrigerators. I literally didn't have a dollar to my name. I was roofing houses, making like 300 dollars a week. And um, I would spend that at the bar. But you couldn't man, you couldn't sell these properties? No, because all the equity you really? had in it, all the equity had in it was was gone. So I, I sold some of the properties for just what I owed on them. Right. So I, I didn't take any I didn't take any money out from what from what, what I thought I could sell them for you know, flip them and make money. I could have, but as the market declined, it, it erased all that equity. And so then I, I sold a lot of them for what I owed, um, which was great. Um, you know, I got out of that debt, but then there were some that I, that I couldn't sell them fast enough to recover the debt. And so I became upside down on a couple of them, right? Um, so it was a mess. And then, and then I used the cash reserve I had to kind of hang on to those properties You know, thinking the market would, wouldn't, would have, would have, I thought it was going to return and recover quicker than it did. So, you know, I, I depleted all my cash reserves, trying to hang on to everything. And then once all the cash was gone, there's nothing I could do. You know, I had to let go, let stuff foreclose, go bankrupt and everything else. So, but at the end of the day, you were single at the time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that yeah. Makes yeah things a little, that
1: makes things a little bit easier. At least you didn't have yeah, to didn't, take your family. No, I didn't away.
0: have kids. I was single. I, was, I didn't have any responsibilities or anything. Now, what was interesting is like there were guys who were married with kids and were like 40, 50, 60 years old that went through the same thing. They were doing all the same stuff right next to you. And so, because of that, that's what made me feel so fortunate about that moment in time because, you know, that I wasn't them starting over at 50. You know, I was in my 20s learning all these lessons, you know, it was really amazing. Um, so I went and worked on an oil rig after about a year of roofing. I went and worked on an oil rig for a year. And, um, you know, that was very, that was a very enlightening, that was, you know, that was wild, man. I've seen people get hurt really bad and like I was out there, like it was hard, hard work. Um, you know, which I was accustomed to with the roofing. So it wasn't really anything, but, you know, uh, it was wild. I mean, you know, like there were nights where it was like, you know, 20 degrees, raining, like, you know, it, it was, it was something, but, you know, that was just something I had to go through, you know, so I went through it. I learned my lessons and moved on and, and I got laid off from the old rig in 2008, January. I think it was January. It could have been February, March. Maybe it was April. Can't remember. But I got laid off, and uh, I kind of I got back in real estate. You know, I kind of learned I kind of learned a lot during that time about the market and about how real estate really works and kind of where I went wrong with things. Because even though I made some bad investments and you know depleted my cash, I still should have been selling properties and making commissions and um, having some cash flow come in. But I didn't That's what I was
1: wondering. That. I was wondering through all that craziness, how come you weren't trying to well, still sell some Well, you know, I'm property? just
0: like every other agent who doesn't understand this stuff, right? You think when the market crashes, you're dead. You know, you don't realize that closings are continuing to happen. You don't, you don't realize that, you know, you know, that business is unlimited no matter what the market does. You don't, you don't realize all this, you know, when you're, that's one other reason why I try to preach what I preach do all this free coaching is to get the word out and You know, my message has been very clear the whole time, you know, the closings are going to happen every day, regardless of what the market does and the business continues to be unlimited, you know um, just, you know, regardless of market conditions. So um, that's just something I had to learn the hard way. And now I'm going to kind of give back to the industry and say, listen, you don't have to learn this the hard way. Just learn it right now. Just listen to what I'm saying. Um, you know, but, Hey, it's all good, man. I, I Once I learn that, then basically nothing can really take you down at that point. You know, because you know that you've got job security forever. You know, closing is going to happen. You know, you, you look at the worst times in the economic history and cl- real estate closings are still happening, you know, tenfold. I mean, just by the truckloads. So, you know, it becomes a very, you know, safe place. You know, real estate, real estate is one of those like jackpot of careers, you know, where like, you know, you don't have to worry about the market. You know, a lot of some, some, some careers you do, you know, and if you have a job, you fear getting laid off this, that, and the other, I don't see anything that can replace agents. We, our commissions may get adjusted some, but still it's always going to be very lucrative and there's always going to be job security, you know, if you know, what it is, Ricky? Hmm.
1: I, I think you, I agree with you a hundred percent at the same time, the caveat hmm. is as much as there are closings every single day, and there always will be, there are agents that will not be a part of those closings for various oh. different reasons. Cause they're yeah. just, they're not in the game. They're part-time. They show up at four out in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. They don't make phone calls. Yeah. I think that's, that's the yeah Huh? That's their fault. Oh, without a doubt, that's their fault. And I, and me yeah. as a new agent, like I said, I have, I'm not sitting here saying I've closed a million deals, um at the same time though i am doing what people like you my my coach who i do pay the things that you guys are saying to do i'm i'm implementing on a daily basis so for me i mean you know i do believe in god ultimately if god doesn't want me to see as many closings as i want to see then anything's possible but i'm doing my due diligence i'm doing what i need to do i make phone calls monday to friday without fail i usually make phone calls on sunday as well I'll do so, you know. Sunday is kind of like, it's not a full on work day always, but it's, I'll definitely, if I have showings to do or I have a listing to go on or whatever it is, I, I'll definitely make follow up calls. But Monday to Friday, I'm in the office generally 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And I, and I, I really never miss a day. Like I'm consistent yeah. with it. I make my calls every morning. Um, you know, so that's, that's really what it comes down to. I think it's just, and I love what you said about the first year, you did that video on first year agents when you were interviewing somebody and they mm. they had a certain goal of what they wanted to do. And you said the first yeah. year is the foundational stage. Don't right. expect to be making a million dollars your first year. You know, um, and that really hit me. And I, I would think I was realistic about that as like, I didn't necessarily need to hear it because I was delusional, but I needed to hear it to reassure me that somebody a lot more successful than me had that understanding. And it was like, okay, nice you know
0: yeah no yeah it's it's, it's crazy how you know first-year agents have things so twisted you know about how oh, and
1: real quick better. real quick the real quick the you also mentioned um that when they close something very early they have that's what often screws them over because they have that that expectation going yeah. forward and then if four or five months, they don't close anything, they quit. Cause they're like, Oh, I, you know, what the hell happened? I, I thought it was going to go that way and it didn't. So it's as if, it, if, if, in a certain respect, it's even better to have to wait a little while because it's, you know, you earned that six month close or that eight month yeah. close. Yeah. More, yeah.
0: I see it over and over and over, you know, I watch it. I watch that same movie replay over and over and over again. Um, you know, so it's, it's like, it's like making calls, you know, when you're making cold calls or even just warm calls or any kind of calls, there's only a, there's only a handful of different outcomes of the call. And when you've made thousands and thousands of calls, you understand, you know, there's only so many different directions the call can go. And then you, you kind of, you know, and I've gotten to where as soon as somebody picks up, I can hear their voice and what they're saying and how they're saying it. And I know exactly how this call is going to go. It's the same thing with these agents. Uh, There's only several different. There's only a handful of different scenarios, you know, that's going to happen with an agent. Now they're going to come in and crush it quickly and just keep crushing it. It's going to take them a while and then they crush it. You know, they're not going to sell anything. They quit. They sell something quickly and then not nothing for three months and then quit. Or like there's only. A handful of different scenarios
1: or the company yeah. switchers, the company switchers. They don't take any accountability and they jump from yeah. company to company to company to company, yeah. company to company go oh, yeah. and, they and they and they get the sold. But by- would you say
0: they, 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 yeah, they blame the brokers or they blame their team leader or they blame their, you know, mentor or they blame somebody. But it's not them, but they keep moving from brokers to brokerage and continue to fail. And then they keep blaming the brokerage, right? But there's only one common denominator of all those brokers, (laughs) right? And it's them. But you know, the flip side is, is that they're not really moving from brokerage to brokerage because they're failing. They're moving from brokerage to brokerage because they don't sell anything in a month. They're like, oh, I didn't sell anything here in a month, I'm gonna move. Sell anything here in a month, I'm gonna move. It's like, it took me eight months to make my first sale. The average agent that actually succeeds closes their first deal in six months. That's the average. Um, you know, so I just think there's a lot of impatience. You know, I was just at EXP con speaking at the, uh, at the conference. Um, and I said, there's, this business is two things. It's sweat equity and patience. All right. It's work that you can't get around. There's no way you can bypass the work part of this. You know, you can try to buy your way into market share, but at the same time, all the money you put into that is going to come right back to you having one-on-one conversations with thousands of people in your market before anything's going to happen, right? And then on the back of that sweat, equity, and work, you got to be patient, right? And I think those are the two things agents don't want to deal with. They don't want to put in the work or as much work as required to actually hit their goals. And then they don't want to be patient on the backside of that work. You know, they just want everything to happen. But if you can really get, you know, if you can really get the, the you know the sweat equity part down like you realize that right and you understand like to hit your goal the thousands and thousands of one-on-one conversations in your market that you have to have to hit your goal if you can kind of understand what that number is and that that's the only thing between you and your goal there's thousands of one-on-one conversations with people in your market and that's where the sweat equity part is and you just chip away at that number every day Right. And have these great first impressions and great conversations and kind of follow that up with personal branding through email, social media, stuff like that. Then you're gold. That's really the key to this whole thing. People don't want to put in the sweat act with you, have those one on one conversations by the thousands, and they don't want to wait. So that's what's creating so much failure out there. So that's part of my message.
1: Without a doubt, it's so accurate. I think also on a simple level, just to expound, people want it quickly. They want it easily. They don't have the, the belief in themselves that if they stick it out for long enough, things will start to happen. I mean, there's so many factors having a mentor is so important because otherwise you're kind of just, you're, you're shooting in the dark. Um, But what's so interesting to me and what motivates me largely aside from my own personal wise of wanting to be successful and, and wealthy is the alternative is so much worse for me Mm. because I'm doing something that I'm enjoying and I'm doing something that has massive potential to make me very wealthy. My other alternative is like, Mm. I'm not working for someone else. I'm not working a nine to five. It's not an option for me. And I know that if I don't succeed at this, that is likely going to be the other alternative. So I'd rather bust my ass and, and go through the shitty parts of this, knowing that, on the other side of it is just going to be really an awesome turnout. And I know there's gonna be, I don't wanna say this in a naive way, because listen, at the end of the day, even things you do enjoy are gonna have their crappy components. I, Like I said, I just can't picture taking the alternative route. That is what scares me to, to not even think about doing something else. When I say doing something else, obviously, once I succeed at this, I want to venture out into other things, you know, more real estate investment, hopefully development. God willing, coaching. When I have, the really, when I feel I have the uh, credibility to do that, but I'm not going to start dabbling in ten different things right now. I need to focus on becoming a good realtor, a great realtor, an excellent realtor. Uh, my podcast for me doesn't take up a lot of time because I have an editor, so he does all my work for me. I delegate that to him, um, so that's very takes up very minimal time but these are my two focuses right now. I'm not trying to be a jack of all trades. So I'm just trying to double down, you know, quadruple down on on being as good of a realtor as I can be and you know, through the podcast I get to build my brand, put my name out there, uh, hopefully make passive income with that. I mean, there's just so many different awesome uh, options there. You know, and that's really it. So you know, that's that's what I'm trying to do.
0: Good, man. Well, that's good. We'll keep up the good fight.
1: I appreciate that. What what can you give before I let you go? What advice can you give to somebody who's new or even a seasoned realtor? Um, And I know this can turn into a whole half hour conversation, but what are just quick little things you can say that you feel are, are absolutely required?
0: Well, I mean, it comes back to everything that I've already said here, which is that, you just can't get into a hurry, number one. You know, take your time, baby step. Realize that it's just an unlimited abyss forever, right? And then just start easing your way into learning how the game works, you know? And the game works like this. People are going to choose their friend, to be their agent. So the name of the game is how many friends can you create in the market? And you accumulate those friends and continue to build your brand with those friends. And that number needs to be in the thousands if you want to get where you want to go right? So get to work, right? 2022 is going to be a monumental, incredible year for agents. Market's going to level out some. Inventory's going to come up some. It's just going to be a very, very monumental, great, powerful year uh, for agents. And, you know, those who are going to, the, the same agents who this year said, you know, inventory's, you know, low and it's a tough year. Those are the same agents that are going to say, next year, too much inventory, right? They're gonna say too much inventory, the market's tough. Now, right now they're saying inventory's low, it's tough. Next year, they're gonna say inventory's high, it's tough. They're gonna find a reason why they can't, right? They're gonna find a reason in the market why they can't. When in fact, this year, we've had the same amount of transactions as a country, we're down like 2%, that's nothing. Especially when you factor in the double digit price gain uh, that we've had over over the past year. Um, that pretty much more than levels out. You know, so the market's been incredible and you're sitting here complaining about low inventory because your sales are down, right? When in fact, the problem is you're not talking to enough people. You know People what I mean? take
1: breaks. People now, November to January, everyone's taking vacations, right? So there's just a, a lot of agents problem. to, huh?
0: That, that's a huge problem, right? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm all about It's great vacations. for me. It's great for I'm me. A, I'm, all I'm, all about, va- I'm all about vacations. Go take a week right? But don't take off months, you know, because this is a 3 month lag business. And if you want to maximize your 2022, that includes January. And if you want to maximize January, that means you got to start three months before January and really bust it between then and January. Mm-hmm. If you want to have an amazing January, otherwise, if you're just going to start January 1st on your 2022, you're behind the eight ball now. Now, right. you're, now you're, you know, now you've lost you know, you've lost ground and now you're trying to catch up. Hopefully build some momentum by March, you know, but by then you've lost a quarter, you know? So I don't know, man. Um, I think people just need to wake up and treat this like a job. And if they do, it'll be the best paying job they ever had.
1: It's just that it's too flexible. Some people can't handle the flexibility. They realistically need somebody to hold them accountable. Um, but re- one last thing is follow-up. I, when I'm following up and seeing expired or a Fisbo. Um, How do you determine whether someone is worth following up with? Because I know you're about relationships over transactions, which I agree with. So you're not necessarily going to have people that are ready to do things right away. They may take a year. They may take two years. Um, For me, I mean, if I have someone that answers and they're pretty easygoing, I still want to touch base with them. I'll throw them in an email or something. Do you feel like that's when to you is it a waste of time to even bother whatsoever? And you just hang up the phone and don't even never talk to them again.
0: I never I've never fired a client. I've never turned down a lead, uh,
1: you know. So if they answer, you touch base.
0: What do you mean if they answer? Like if I'm calling. Meaning, if you off? had a,
1: if you had a two minute, uh, not even if you had a minute conversation with them, or even a thirty second conversation, and they said, "Hey, we're not looking to sell. Call me back in six months," and obviously, I'm not calling back in six months. I'm going to call back a lot sooner. Um, but would you still follow up with that client if they st- they didn't sound so motivated? Because you have that that other side, like maybe the ferry side, which is like only follow up with people who are ready to do something in like 30 days or whatever it is. Well, what's your take? Because I want to know when to really I want to make sure man, that the I'm...
0: whole follow-up game is like this. It's based on what they want to do, why they want to do it, when they want to do it. So therefore, every follow-up situation is different. It's all custom to their specific situation. There's no, okay you know, follow up in a box. Like this is exactly how you do it every single time. I know that
1: I know, that I know, that I know. Right. I don't treat every follow-up the same way, for sure. Right. I, I listen to what they say. I take notes and I, some people will follow up with them, few days.
0: You tell them what you're going to do. Okay, based on this, this is what you want to do, when you want to do it, why you want to do it. Based on all that, this is our next step, right? I'm going to call you here. I'm going to send this to you. We're going to meet there. Whatever the next step is, the next contact, you tell them based on that, here's our next move right? And you go to that move, okay? And then once that move happens, then we're going to the next move. So it's all customizable. Now, if you got people who are kind of like, oh, call me back in the month. We'll see what happens. Those people aren't that serious. Go ahead and call them back. Let them not answer. They're still going to continue to get your emails, right? They're still going to see you on social. You're still going to build your brand with all these people and the people that aren't going to do anything. Now, that's fine. At least they, hopefully they remember you because you're doing great marketing, that when they do decide to do something, real they think of
1: you or they might refer somebody else to you that they know you know right. that's very likely right. um yeah and in, in terms of um in terms of calling i just do expired and fisbo do you also do i know you talk about neighborhood search what i do is i get in the morning at eight o'clock i start call i do script practice from seven thirty 30 to, to eight o'clock mm-hmm. uh then i start my calls so from eight to twelve i'm making calls I start doing expi- the new expired. Then I do Fisbo, the new Fisbo. You know whatever comes up that day. Then I'll go back to old expired. Sometimes I'll do phys- like older Fisbos too. But it's pretty much just new expired, new Fisbo, and then old expired. Um, and then uh, and also, and then at twelve o'clock, like twelve to one or however long, however many follow up calls I have, I'll make all my follow up calls, and then I'll I'll do all that. I mean, then obviously if I have listing appointments, showings, et cetera, et cetera, I do all those things as well. And if I don't have any of those, I just keep making calls. Um, What do you, what do you suggest I maybe do as well in addition to that? Meaning call wise, specifically
0: call wise. You think that's good? Sounds good. Sounds good. You're hitting old expires, new expires, GOs for self-owners. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else is there? Internet
1: leads. I don't know. There's just, there's a million different things, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I have my dialer, I have Vulcan and you talk as long, about that, As like, long
0: as you are, as long as you are initiating conversations, right? At, at, as much as you can, you're pretty much maxing yourself out. You know, okay. as long as those activities are maxing out your, your, your number of conversations you're having every day, you know, that's it. That's as much as you can do. Now it turns into sweat equity and patience.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's already coming it's starting to cut to, to bubble up the, the I, i'm filling the pool up starting to bubble up i have a nice group of follow-up clients that i keep in touch with every week they they remember my name now they have my number saved they say hey Rafi, you know whatever i've built a nice you know several sentences of notes just from different dates their dog's name the, this, the, that this that that this oh how is your mom was in the surgery how was that how you you were doing that how was your trip back to blah 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 and like we I've really I'm, I think I'm getting closer to closer God along with a nice like group of them already. So, um, cool. yeah, I'm glad. I, I appreciate the reassurance. Ricky, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man. Enjoy it, bro.
1: Absolutely, guys. Make sure to check out his socials. I'm going to drop all your socials um, into the episode. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast again. Follow Ricky on social media. Follow me on social media, and I will see you guys soon. Thanks again, Ricky. I'll talk to you. See you up. Bye.